0: Smarty Pants, Lance, Smarty Pants, Lance, Smarty Pants, Lance! Hello, everybody. Today, let's talk about building a better mousetrap and will that actually lead to success. This is what I was told. The person that builds the better mousetrap is the one that gets the attention and has the greater success and moves society forward. That's kind of like, hit them up and move them out uh, forward if you build a better mousetrap. Well, I can tell you about my personal experience. And when I say I can tell you, that means I'm going to do that right now. So let's start when I graduated from law school, passed the bar, got a call from the DA's office who said, come on down, you're the next deputy DA in our county. And I was busting fresh with that news. So I went on down there and three months into working there, I had a letter sent from the judge in the department I worked in every day and that judge was well known and he had supervised over a thousand attorneys in his giant position prior to being elevated to the bench and he sends this letter to the district attorney, not some associate, the district attorney. And basically it says, this guy is fantastic. He's an unbelievably good representative of your department. In fact, the best I've ever seen, and I've supervised a thousand or thousands of attorneys in my career all over the state. You got to keep your eye on this one because he really deserves your attention. That's how good he is. Around the same time, a letter went from the public defender's office to the DA saying same damn thing, and around that same time as well. A letter went from the former city attorney, who was quite a rascal, by the way. had a hell of a reputation. I was told that that fella actually used to get in fistfights in the courthouse. Uh, he was from the World War II generation, and many of those people had been in combat, and they were not shy... Uh, to express their thoughts in words and in fists, which he did from time to time. (laughs) I was even told by a bailiff in one of the departments that he and the DA showed up uh, screaming at each other. They got into a fight. Nobody stopped it. They go into the courtroom. They're both bruised and bloody. (laughs) Boy, I'll tell you what, that would be an episode of uh, a TV show today. I'll have to think about that later for something I can write. You think, with all the praise, only a three-month attorney, a ninety-day wonder? I would have some positive attention because I built a better mousetrap. I made things work more efficiently in that department. People were respecting me already, and I barely got the polish off of my new shiny floor shines. And I got fired. What you say? What is this? You got fired? How is this possible? You built a better mousetrap. Well, yes, I got fired. How oh, is this so? Well, they told me, uh yeah, you know the um, the uh, the interns who work here for free uh, during law school. Uh, you know, we promised them uh, a job if there's an opening, and um, one of them passed the bar, and there happens to be an opening. And I said, what opening? And I said, wait a minute, you're talking about the opening is because you're firing my ass and that's the opening. No, they wouldn't admit it. They basically said, turn it all in, you know, turn in your gun and your badge. Oh, right, there was no gun and I didn't spend money for a badge. But anyway, I was out. So a few days later, I get a job at a law firm that does personal injury. That means you got a bodily injury, mostly car accidents, slip and falls, things like that, bad toilet seat. I had a case like that one time in my own practice, and I actually who won it, uh, meaning that we settled, which is a win, believe me. Now, this law firm had never won a trial. It had been in existence for many years, and it had offices in multiple states. I take a case all the way to trial, Go to court. The offer was zero going in. That almost never happens. I mean, there's always some money on the table, even if it's 1,500 bones, okay? But this was zero, and they were saying, you know, you're suing a school district, okay? They're self-insured, and you're taking books out of children's hands by your lawsuit. You nasty, 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 nasty lawyer, you. Well, hmm, my client, Don, took a tumble. And the offer was zero, and it was more like, and we're going to win because we're the big nasty school district, and when we win, we're going to attack you for all of our costs, for our fancy-schmancy, shiny, smarmy lawyers that are defending this case because they know what they're doing, and you don't, you barely-pass-the-bar guy. Well, I ended up winning that case, and not only did I win, but my result was so noteworthy they published it (laughs) And a jury verdict result, so other people saw it. And it was like, congratulations, isn't that wonderful? Well, this happened on like a Thursday afternoon when the jury came back with their award. And not only that, I beat their offer of zero, which meant I could collect all of our costs back. So essentially, I made in a five-day uh, trial $40,000 from my employer, plus all of our thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of costs back, a big win. This was many years ago, so probably in today's world, that would be closer to 300,000 in a jury verdict or more. Depends on your jurisdiction. In LA, everything is exaggerated. Where I was practicing in Northern California, not such big uh, jury verdicts, but still a heck of a result. The next morning is Friday morning. Friday morning, was the usual everyone gathers around the big conference table and they talk about stuff for the week and we're talking about all the employees and they're going through things like what can it, you know what can we use to separate the 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 files sheets should they be orange or should they be blue And the fact is, no one really cares about that, right? I don't know. I don't care what color you pick. Pick the cheapest color, as long as it's not white, good enough. People wanted to know what happened. This was a big deal. They had found out the trial was successful and that I won, and they wanted to hear, did you talk to the jurors, and what did they say, and what did the witnesses say, because you see, I was out of the office all week, so they they weren't clued in. And they couldn't wait to hear about it. Okay, so the BS meeting is over. And the socialist summer camp, the way they ran the whole thing, asking everyone's opinion, uh, was done. And finally, the fellow that runs the firm gets up to leave, and somebody goes, hey, 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 Lance, Lance, he won that trial. Say something. And this dude says, oh, yes, um, I hear there was a positive result on that matter. And he gets up and leaves. Everyone gathers around me, and they want to know, well, tell us, tell us, tell us, you know, all ears want to know. And that dude pops his head back in and says, can I see you when you're done? Certainly. And I go down to his office when I'm done, feeling like the conquering hero. And he fires me. (laughs) And here's how he turns it around. Hey, this couldn't have happened at a better time for you because now you have jury experience, and law firms love jury experience, and so you're even more valuable on the market. Congratulations for having more experience, and isn't it nice that I allowed you to do that? Really? A turnaround? You're firing my ass? See, what it, really what he was doing was dodging a major pay increase that I was due after my review. So he didn't have the review. He stalled it off and stalled it off one excuse after another. By the way, I was told he was going to do this. This was the kind of guy that goes, now I consider everybody that works here family and we just want a family thing and uh, everyone's going to stay here for a career and we're just all working together like one big happy family. BS, BS, BS. He also used to run around the office talking about we're going broke, very serious. Well, everyone's gonna have to take a haircut. No raises. Everything's everything's you know frozen right now. Gonna have to take a break. You know what? I found out that was BS too. He was making money hand over fist. <laughs> Anywho, moving on. So now I started to have my own practice. My own practice lasted for decades and decades, fine enough. I moved to. Southern California and eh, LA to be more specific and now I'm in LA and from time to time I want to work part-time keep my hand in you know uh, and <clears throat> I work for a firm and they said okay it's all remote perfect and they said now we need you to go to like Bakersfield on Monday and then San Diego on Tuesday and then way a the hell out to like Riverside away. now you have to understand these are hundreds of miles apart from each other. This is all spread out. So it could take me three hours to get to Bakersfield. It could take me three or four hours to get to San Diego, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the next day, the next day, the next day, no lunch break time, nothing. And they were paying me basically a pittance, but I figured, okay, I'll build the better mousetrap. And after 90 days of work in there, I'll ask for a race because I will prove myself. Well, 90 days later, about eight clients or so, had contacted the firm and said, this guy is great, we're so lucky that didn't have him, we just wanted you to know what a guy, you should give him a raise, you should be promoted, words like that. Then, I talked to the employer, he acknowledges that I'm super reliable going to all these long distance places and being on time, he acknowledges that the clients love me, he acknowledges that I made him a fortune only working part time, mind you, uh, in only in three months, Said, agrees to the raise, And then he says, but I can't start it till the following week or something. The following week comes along, and I check my calendar that they have, you know, Google Calendar. They have no assignments for me. And I'm like, that's odd. No assignments? Nothing at all? So I call, no response. So I, no response. And it's like, what the hell? Eventually, I get an email going, yeah, we're going another direction, thanks. That's it. No reason why, nothing, so long. It's like they just stopped talking to me but at least they send me an email i built a better mousetrap for these people i demonstrated my value it happened again you think that's bad i work for another law firm this is also part-time they had a habit of only letting one person negotiate the settlements while there was a case that they just couldn't seem to settle and they've been screwing around with it for several years and i said come on coach you know, coach, put me in, coach. Give me a shot out there. I'm sure I can do something. Just give me a chance. He gives me a chance. He tells me what he wants, uh, the minimum. All right, and this is something they've been working on for years. I can't settle it. It's acrimonious. It's emails here and emails there and, you know, yelling on the phone and all this stuff. Not by me, of course. I call the other side on my way home, on my cell phone, and I establish a nicey-nice rapport almost right away, because I know how to do that, and I talk about the case, and he says, you know what, I think we can resolve this. The next morning, Friday, another Friday, Friday's not lucky for me, hmm, I don't know, I'm driving to the office in Beverly Hills, I should say everyone says Beverly Hills, but a lot of these lawyers aren't really in Beverly Hills itself, they're more like Beverly Hills adjacent, which means eh, not in Beverly Hills. Anyway, I get a call. It's done. Done deal. And not only that, slightly more money than I was authorized. I got a little bit more money. I walk in again like the conquering hero. And what happens? The dude gets all butthurt, so I hear, because I was able to do something he couldn't do. And in the end, hasta la bye-bye. Of course, it sort of coincided with COVID, too. But still, really? You'd think they would have gone, congratulations they did not then i worked for another firm and as i'm going along it becomes kind of like this let's say that i was a wagon master and let's say it was the 1870s 1880s and i'm leading a wagon train paid to lead a wagon train from like sedalia missouri all the way to Sacramento, california right and of course, in those days, you got drought. You've got you know water issues because of the drought. You've got engines. You've got weather. You've got disease. You've got everything that you've ever seen in a 1950s western, <laughs> particularly referencing wagon train and rawhide. Well, I've been down this trail a billion times—an exaggeration, but you get the point. The person paying me says, "Okay, well, there's a fork up there." which direction? Should we take the left or the right? And I go, definitely the right. And then they go, well, I think I want to do the left. The left? No, no, no. See, if you take the left, you're going to come back, if you come back at all. Bloody beaten up cut, mountain lion's going to chew you, and probably an arrow stuck in your back. And they're like, well, I think you're wrong. I'm going left. So they go left. And a while later, they come back, bloody beat up arrow in their back, just what I described. Okay, so we, we have him, heal him up a bit, move on down the trail. And we come to another fork, and I go, now, this time, you do go left, not right. And he goes, well, I, I, think, I think I should go right. I think you should go right. You're really wrong. I'm going to go right this time. And, of course, what happens? Tarred and feathered comes back, and this happens dozens and dozens and dozens of times over a short period of time. As a result they stop talking to me. What kind of a business stops talking to somebody that works with them? I'm serious. They put nothing on the calendar. I call, no response. I text, no response. I email, no response. I wait a week, try it again, try it again, try it again. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I finally did talk with them, but really, it's like they broke up with me. Like it was seventh grade and like they're a girl. And kind of like this girl decided to break up with this boy because she doesn't like him like him anymore, and she didn't tell him that. They have no discussion. Boy doesn't understand. She's not talking to me. She's snubbing me, trying to talk to her friends. Her friends won't talk to her. It's bizarre. All of this to say, I keep building a better mousetrap thinking that that is the way to go and ignoring what I was told after I got fired from the DA's office. Excuse me, not fired. Let go. What was I told? I was told the real reason. The real reason was, this is the government, and you were only there for three months. Already you're creating waves. And I go, creating waves? It was all good stuff. No, no, you don't understand. That threatens everyone above you. And they realize, we can't have this guy if he's already being recognized for that kind of stuff. Therefore, building the better mousetrap gets you fired from the government because, all you really need to do is show up every day and don't make any waves, and you'll automatically get promoted. And I didn't listen to that, because I kept saying, but I'll build a better mousetrap. Well, here's what I've concluded today after many, many years. Whenever you build a better mousetrap, for people that see that as a threat to their ego, and God knows attorneys have egos, particularly in Southern California, particularly in L.A., their egos are or they're megalomaniacal. That's the word. Let's learn a word. class, let's learn a new word today. Megalomaniacal and vainglorious, that's another one. Please use those someday. Spread them around. They're used that, uh, they're used, they're a word <laughs> that aren't used enough. Well, I think you've heard enough of my story, and we've ran a little bit long, but I'll look forward to talking to you next time.